Your teenager's favorite celebrity is one that first starred on the big screen in 1989. We're going to take a look at the annual Piper Sandler Taking Stock with Teen Survey that reveals the attitudes and buying habits of 10,000 U.S. teens representing your very own. Going to introduce you to Connor Smith. He's a new country artist, and he's being fingered for the Alabama Crimson Tide loss to Texas A&M last weekend. We'll explain coming up. And Tim McGraw, do you need to be fighting at 54 years old during your own concerts? Happened last weekend in Reno, Nevada. You're going to hear the audio coming up during this episode of My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a University of Alabama graduate and the show's resident millennial. MPT is uh, always running in political circles and wants to remind everyone that early voting is underway. Go do it, people. Nice and easy. I saw the signs. I was like, really? Is that real? Uh, My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. So earlier today, William Shatner went to space officially like not on like not the little one that he used to go on like the star trek enterprise the enterprise yes so um he went on the blue origin mission i am absolutely fascinated by this story okay he is the oldest person now to go into space and i just have a lot of questions who's is this whose rocket is this is this elon or is this no uh, this is this is bezos okay um, so he evidently, so Jeff Bezos is a huge Star Trek fan. And so I think he invited, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, William Shatner to come. Now I thought that it would be nice and maybe I, maybe he did this, but he should have donated his fee that it would normally cost for him to get on the rocket to like a charity or something that didn't happen. But anyways, I have a lot of questions. Who, who, William Shatner? Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's expensive. I mean, later when they're going to start doing these trips for people so he didn't pay full boat well he didn't pay at all okay. no he, he just got on the little the little rocket ship um but he said what he said is what you have given me is the most profound experience i am so filled with emotion just extraordinary a visibly overcome shatner told bezos immediately after emerging from the capsule i hope i never recover from this i hope that i can maintain what i feel now uh let me tell you what Donna Choate would say when she got off that rocket. I'd be like, thank you, Jesus, that we made it back to Earth. I mean, I'm serious. I would like kiss the ground. I have so many questions. Well, I do too. Like, my, I would be so nervous and like have a nervous bladder that I would have to unstrap and get out four times to go to the bathroom before we start. I'm like, are we going? Are we going? Have they pushed the button? Where are we at? Can I get out? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I, what do I need to do? So did he go up today and come back today? Yes. Like for how, how how many minutes? Well, it doesn't take long. Like it takes, uh, I don't know, PT, Preston knows this. Like how long does it take to get How do we know there? Preston would know something like that? Because he knows everything. Like how long wow. does it take to get to the Carmen line? Now the Carmen line is where space officially Yeah, it takes 11 starts. minutes and 32 seconds. That's right. So what is he charging people, ordinary people, to go into space 11 minutes and 32 seconds? Well, he's not there yet. But like I know Richard Branson, you can pay to get on there. And I think some of them are doing some sort of like a charity element where you know, if, if you make a donation or something and that's what they should do, honestly, like every single one of these wealthy individuals should say, Hey, Brad Pitt, if you want to go great. And it has to be like a million dollars, but you've got to make a million dollar donation to help feed America or something. That's a great idea, isn't it? It was 10 minutes from takeoff to landing, by the way. So the number I made up actually wasn't so far off. 10 minutes total. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that worth driving to the launch pad for? Yes, if, if that's your thing. But here's the thing. 
is this a different space than like NASA's going to? Because like, I feel like theirs goes longer. It's not just 10 minutes. Is it because they're not staying up there? Probably so, but okay. it's the same space. Well, there were some questions actually on the last one, if you recall, as to whether they really got, like, did the rocket get but well, past the line? It's yeah. not that it would be to. different. Just because the earth moves doesn't yeah. mean it's not space anymore. Yeah, but I think everybody's definition of space is different, isn't it? No. no. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> anywho, I'm just telling you, I, on th- we've talked about this in a lot of our podcasts. Like, would we go? Would no. we go? I, in theory, I just think it sounds really exciting, but I'm telling you, I think once you get on that little suit and they put you in that little thing, strap you in, it's kind of like the 10 minutes before they blast you at like six flags on like one of those rocket launcher rides or at the fair. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go faster? Not me. And have we drug tested the man that's making us go faster? Like I know the rocket ship is like been like those people have been drug tested, but it's very similar to me to like a fair ride like how you would feel your emotions just like oh my god i want to go i want to go but then how do you turn down an opportunity honestly to go to space i mean this is a once in a lifetime opportunity if you think about it like and i thought you know what like in life like i've had to say to myself self because you know i'm a nervous flyer in the past like if i went like when i went to hawaii for example i was like okay, I'm going to have to fly over water for a long time. And this really freaks me out. But you know what? It's kind of like if you, and I always tell myself, like, if you want to do big things and you want to go big places, you got to do it. So I, or you I'm, have to fly. Yeah. To so, I mean, I kind of think if I was given the opportunity, I'd probably do it. One of us has to stay home. Would so. you, have you ever been in a hot air balloon? No, not that, not, no. What were you going to say? Not that you remember? Like, how do you not remember? Well, I, being I, was, in a hot air I, I was thinking that, but then I was like, how, how would you not remember if you were in a hot air balloon? So the answer is no. Like if somebody offered you no. that, would you go? Probably not. No. Me either. Yeah. Like what if you yeah. fell over the basket? The basket, yeah. yeah. It's made of wicker, yeah. you know? I mean, and, and the, the, the balloon is made of like some sort of see-through material, yeah. right? Does it like get a, caught on a tree? Or yeah. like? no, no, thank you. Hmm. Would you swim with sharks? No. Absolutely not. Let's go for a few. Just see. Okay. Would you, would you go to the edge, like on a boat to the edge of Niagara Falls, if you were guaranteed the person could turn it around in time? No, no, no. no. All right. Preston's got one. Would you go bungee jumping? No, absolutely not. I've been bungee jumping. I did. Yeah, I did that off a building in Daytona. I've seen the, the YouTube videos where they hadn't done the measurements right. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the slingshot or whatever it is, the elastic is, yeah. is not long enough or it's too long, whatever it would be. And so you hit the pavement and then you bounce back up. Yeah. I, yeah, I, then, yeah. I wish I hadn't so, done that. That was not short a good situation. Would you, what? Nothing, nothing. Would you ride that thing that like you, you're probably too young to know this, but they used to have this thing at Six Flags and I think they had them at other amusement parks. And basically it was a wall of Velcro that you just stuck no, yourself to. I know what you're talking about. No. And it went around like a centrifuge in no. a circle. You wouldn't do that? No. And there was always that two, one or two kids that like fell off into like. The center. Yeah. And but like nobody would help them. You're just like, ah, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's just you. And then and, and the people that but were on the. How can you help the, them? If you unstick yourself, true, then, then you're, you're down there with them. True. All right. All right. Well, I, I, listen, are we done? I think so. All right. But I, I mean, good for him, you know? Who? William Shatner, that oh, he actually okay. got to space, right. to I real space. We talking about William Shatner. Think about how much time the man spent in fake space. 
and he actually seriously and he actually got to go good for him good for him um i don't want to sound thorny however real quick before we get into the run of show donna threw my iphone charger away and so i have been on one percent for the past two hours on the way here it finally my iphone finally gave out and i go to cvs and i buy a charger this morning for 19 dollars and it's not an iPhone charger. Now, it looks like one. I told you. I knew that you were going to say that. To check the I, little I thingy. Did. I did. I did. I did. But this, the, the little the little part doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It's, it, that. That's the thing I told you to check. The little part. Right. This one does. The, the, the larger part That one does always well. fits. There's so, no not fitting. There's oh that. God. Um, and I didn't throw it away. It was torn and sparking. It was not sparking. And that's why we have home insurance. Okay. If something like that should happen, but you, you, you have to give somebody a heads up. You're going to throw away their iPhone charger. I mean, that's a, come on. It wasn't working. It was one of those where you had it to sit a certain a way. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause it's about to but catch on fire. But at least oh I would God. get 6%. I just don't know how you didn't understand that. That's the part that you have to make sure it's not Android. Take it back. I, I didn't get a receipt. I've tried. All right. Um, on the way here, to the Appen Podcast Network, 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta in awesome Alpharetta on Hopewell, where they're doing all the, the, the roundabout Hopewell and Bethany Way, I think it is. There's a logging truck parked in the right lane, two lane road now on my way here. Um, there's no cones. There's no flagman. There's no uh, flares. There's, there's nothing at all. And there's this man and I yelled at him, but he couldn't hear me over the saw. But I was like, dude, you can't just park in the, in you can't create your own logging lane right in the middle of the day without construction flag people yeah no they've had they have to have those yeah and they need flashers and flares thank you or people in flares flashing you. whatever it takes but someone needs to be directing traffic on a two-way a two-way street and i listen i finally got my lighter to hit on the way here uh, after about six tries um it's just been a hell of a day all right. Well, been a hell of a day. Let's see how but this goes. I'm glad it finally caught. It'd be a very boring episode. All right. Well, let's see how it goes today. Hey, Alexa, play the Cadillac Jack podcast. You can speak to Alexa, and the latest episode is going to begin to play immediately. So think about that when you're laying in bed. All right. Gabby Petito, the autopsy results are back. Now, we knew that her death had been labeled a homicide about a month ago. That was information that was released by the coroner Tuesday of this week, the autopsy results revealed that she died of strangulation and that 22 year old Gabby was exposed to the elements in wildlife in Wyoming for three to four weeks before she was found September 19th. That's new information. We also know uh, she was not pregnant. That, that was a, a question that, that, well, the people asked. Toxicology tests have not been completed. Um, and he's still on the run. Well, allegedly, we think. Maybe they just haven't found him yet. How does that timeline line up with, like, their trip and everything? Do Late we know? August. It started in July, I think. So about a month and a half, a little more than a month and a half into it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, there's no good news that's coming out of this. And I mean, you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of people that would say that do this type of um, investigation for a living that say that strangulation is more of like a 
an anger crime and, and that it's type an of thing. Crime, it's right? emotional. I don't know. I mean, I just it nothing nothing appears to look good. I just don't understand why. Although there's a, it's a big wide world, but why they can't find him dead, alive, anything? I, I just don't get it. I mean, you're basically talking about a national manhunt for someone. And if anything comes out that people have seen him, and for whatever reason, can't imagine what wackadoos would, but there's always one or two that they were like helping him. Like, unbelievable. What do you think it would say about the FBI or law enforcement in general if Dog the Bounty Hunter is the one to bring Brian Landry to authorities? I think it's totally possible. I think this entire case. I think it's possible, but what does it say about the FBI? Well, I mean, I don't know anymore because I think this entire case, life is different. You know, we, we talked about um, a couple of pods ago about how social media is what brought so much of this to light. I mean, listen, you've got the number one podcast that people listen to are Crime Junkie and all of these things. You've got vigilantes out there all day long who have who think that they can solve cases, including myself, like when I watch these 2020s and stuff. So, I mean, all kidding aside, I don't I don't think it says anything. I think it says that, you know, um, it's a lot harder to get away with things nowadays, although they can't find this guy. He's been on the run for two months. But, I mean, I think what sort of got this case moving was the, the vloggers and the social media posts TikTokers. and the people and the TikTokers and the people that have seen stuff. So, I just, again, it's a whole new world, whole new world. Dog the bounty hunter has had to return home to Colorado. He injured his ankle during the manhunt. And and he says they're leaving a Florida team there to continue the investigation. I think that for him, this is a publicity stunt. And I found an interview that he did with The Sun, which is London, I think. Dog says his team has received more than 3,000 calls. Though he admitted that the majority were fans saying, hello, we love you, dog. Who says that? Who says that, though? Well, fans of dog. I no, mean, I'm saying, but why would dog say, even even reveal that? I mean, that's such a narcissistic thing to I get, say. I mean, he is. You know, he is. I think what would be interesting is, I and I bet if, if anybody works like in the FBI, I mean, there's probably somebody listening who does or something, but I guarantee you the way they do investigations has changed now, too. They probably monitor social media, TikTok, all of this stuff so much nowadays um, that it has become, I bet if you talk to someone that the change has been incredible on how important that is in investigations in general. Going back, you know, when you have missing person cases, going back through people's um, social media, you know, and, and just things like location finders, find a friends, you know, all these things that, you know, these kids use on like Snapchat and stuff, you know, have you ever seen like, like Charlotte will pull up that map sometimes where she just like, especially like when they're on spring break or something. And it's just all these little like and avatars groups. walking. And I'm like, who, who, who are all these people? And she's like, Oh, this is where all my friends are. We all have on this find a friend, which on one level, I guess is good because if something ever happened, you could find them. I think you always have to try to look theoretically, at, theoretically, you have to always look at the positive. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like the world's weird yeah. now. You can't just disappear anymore, you know? No, you, you can't. can't. just fall What was it in there. the episode you, uh, over a year ago? You wanted to go into the, 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 oh. rock, the rock quarry. Oh, where yes. Yes. Where the, well, you wanted to insert, your, insert yourself okay, into the rock quarry. Because the woman had gotten stuck in the rock quarry, if you remember, 
and she had gone for a hike to get away from her kids. And who comes out there to save her? Her husband brings the kids. He brings the damn kids with him. And they're yelling, PT, they're yelling down the, the shaft of, at, the, at the rock court. Mom! We've got the police here to help you. What's the Wi-Fi password? Seriously. Like, what's for dinner? What's mom. for dinner? And she's just like, damn Leave it. Leave me alone. I just wanted to go to the quarry for one day. I told you, my a long time ago when my kids were little, the only thing I wanted was a deer blind. Just stick it out in the woods so they can't find me. You know, just for a, a little while. Because when you have little kids, you try to, the way you try to go away from them is to get, like go into the bathroom right. and they come in there with you. Yeah. Yep. I got a text message before my phone went dead from Clayton Joshua Cameron, mm. um, who was going to join us for this episode. He's the choreographer of the Sassy Stompers clogging team. He got in the cups at uh, uh, Truist Park, Truist, uh, where the Braves clinched the NL. DS. Is that right? Yes. Uh, he's a huge Braves fan. But Donna, he's pissed because okay. Brandon is the only one that has shown up for boot camp the past two mornings. I do not have my clog shoes yet. I texted okay. him I and just, said. I just wanted to put that out there. But I texted him and said, I, I think we've taken this a little too far. I don't want to take your time. I'm not going to be able to be there. I certainly can't be at a clogging boot camp at 630. But I'm happy to practice or... Just communicate with them. Text I'm them. trying. Text them. All right. Okay. Tease this last episode. Every fall, the Piper Sandler Taking Stock with Teens Team Survey drops. And it is a survey of 10,000 teenagers here in the U.S. Average age, 15.8 years old. And... It's all about discretionary spending patterns and fashion trends and technology and brand and media preferences and uh, the attitudes and buying habits of U.S. teens. So if you are the parent of a teen right now, and Donna, we have two. Mm -hmm. Olivia is 18. Charlotte is 15. We're going to take a dive into this. And PT, the producer of the My Second Act podcast, who is light years younger than Donna. But not a teen. Not a teen. Not quite a teen. Wasn't that long ago, though is going to join us for this conversation. What do you think they had to incentivize these kids with to get them to, to return these like surveys? Uh, jewels. Yeah. <laughs> Rubies yeah. and diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For the 11th straight year, Nike is the top teen apparel brand. Surprised at all that? Very. Thought it would be Lululemon, to be honest with you. The Lululemon. 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 Well, the girls, that's all they wear. Teenage girls? Yes. I, I, I didn't but know that. The, the amount of times you get like dressed up for something big is much lower than the amount of times you just go to school. And when you're just like going somewhere to get a coffee or something, you're thrown on Nike. Okay. All right. I think if you ask the college kids, it'd be the same thing. 11th year in a row, though. I mean, they've been at the top. The most important social political issue to your teenager in the fall of 2021 is the environment. I, have have I our daughters that. ever mentioned the environment? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, Charlotte, yes. Followed by racial equality. Absolutely. We talk about that quite a bit at, at the house. I would have thought this two would have been, uh, I thought racial equality maybe would have been number one on the list. Probably was like the summer of last year. True. But then they, you know, regression yeah. to the mean. It's been climate change forever now. I think if you have daughters too, I know like women's rights are very important to both of my girls. I mean, very important. And and I, uh, you know, it's... um. I think it's refreshing that like, you know, they're, I think most of us are raising independent Thinkers. well, thinking, yeah, just of any gender. But I mean, I think it's great that, and I think a lot of that happened around the, um, the Ruth, um, 
Bader Ginsburg, like, you know, some of this RBG stuff. I mean, you know, during that time, girls got, I know Charlotte watched that movie and everything and got really interested in reading about women's rights and all of that kind of good stuff. So good for that. In the survey, they call wallet share is, is the percentage of money or budget that your teenagers give to a certain thing. All right. So clothing is the number one priority for the first time since fall 2014. The wallet share for clothing is 22%. 22% of your teenager's money is going to clothing. You think it's different for boys and girls? I would imagine like boys spend uh, a lot on gaming. Like mm. when games come out, you know, you, like you, you buy you buy a game once though and then usually you're, you're, you're kind of done, you yeah. Clothing surpassed food at number 2 with a 21% share wallet share. So 1 percentage point off there. Chick-fil-A, Atlanta-based Chick-fil-A. The number one restaurant for all teens. I believe it. I believe it. Starbucks remain number two. Chipotle is number three. That's where you can find your teens on the weekends. They're either at Chick-fil-A, they're at Starbucks, or they're at Chipotle. Olivia, it's at Chipotle every no, other day. That's isn't it? She's one a, of those, yeah. yes. I mean, just every other day. Um, your teenager's favorite celebrity, I think we need a recount on this, is Adam Sandler. How are the teens being exposed to Adam Sandler? That is so strange to me. That's, me too. Is there is there a movie that's come back? I think I know they un, loved bed, un, well, bedtime stories or Uncut Gems is his most recent thing, but that's not a teenager movie. I know ours well, loved like ours loved bedtime story with the 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 um, guinea pig yes, and all that. Yes. So I just remember them watching that over and over again. But that does surprise me. I would almost think it would be someone from like the Marvel or well, yeah, what's Thor weird? Yeah, my Groot, Groot, what's that little fellow? Avengers. Name? Oh, yeah, from from our the, the Marvel movies. Yeah, the I mean my tree. my brother's high school class in like 2006 had Adam Sandler as their favorite celebrity. Yeah, that's very me. strange. Yeah. What was the cult movie though? That that Adam Sandler, not the cult movie, but like had a huge Happy Gilmore. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Is that been rediscovered? Happy Gilmore, maybe? Billy Madison and like Waterboy were yes. all around that at the same time, yeah. Um uh, your your teen's favorite influencer is Emma Chamberlain. Don't know anything about her. Yeah, that surprised me too. I thought it might be like Addison Ray, like someone from TikTok, you know. Your teenager spends 32% of their daily video consumption on Netflix. I was surprised by this. YouTube is number two. Hulu is number three. I would have thought that YouTube would have been number one rather than Netflix. Yeah, me too, for sure. I mean, Netflix has a limitation on what's on there. YouTube does not. And like most of the influencer crowd has YouTube channels where you're watching daily vlogs and stuff. I'm surprised YouTube is in second place there. I think that one's tricky, like if you have teens, because I remember when Olivia started watching, Charlotte, I think, watches more YouTube and TikTok and all that. Olivia's definitely a Netflix kiddo. And I remember when she first started watching, um, and this wasn't even on, it may have been on Netflix, but what was the one about, um, the British one about the clock and the the detective one? What was it? The time travel. Oh, I'm going to think of it later. She was obsessed Doctor with Doctor Who? Yes. She was ex- uh, yes, she was. Obsessed with Doctor Who. Really? So that's what she first started watching. That's and then cool later, out of the blue one day, and she was older. I want to say she was probably maybe ninth grade or whatever, 10th grade. She came down and said, oh, mom, have you ever watched Handmaid's Tale? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you can't, I remember having this discussion with her and I'm like, you can't just pot anything up on Netflix. Like, you know, and, and Will was watching Narcos. Like, I'm like, what what is going on? Like 17 years Like, old. in our family. You know what I mean? Like, but there's this, before y'all judging McJuggins, judgings me, it's like, it's really hard. Like, you can't put controls, but I mean, once they kind of find something, like, I have a friend whose son right now loves, um, 
what's the show we were talking about the other day? The soccer show. Why can't I remember anything? Ted Lasso. Yes, he's watching Ted Lasso. I'm kind of like, he's a little young. I don't. Maybe I don't. I don't think Ted Lasso is has a mature. It's okay. I mean, there's it's really bad language. Yeah. But when you're talking about that and The Handmaid's Tale, those are totally not the same category. Yeah, totally different. What's the Squid movie? Squid Game. Oh my gosh, she's obsessed with that. Uh, that has become yeah. Netflix's biggest debut in the history. Are you of, watching that? Of Netflix. Uh, it's on the list, but okay. it looks pretty depressing. So yeah. I've kind of been putting it off. It's a Japanese culture type. Well, yeah, series, I think I think it comes out of Korea, and it essentially is like Hunger Games, where like you're doing all these contests to fight for your survival, and like a lot of people are dying and. Uh, if you ever watched Black Mirror, it's very similar oh, to Black yeah. Mirror. No. So I have to be in the right kind of mood to watch something that's that dark and troubling. Yeah. Back to Netflix real quick. I think it's also interesting that like Charlotte, our 15-year-old, she watches Netflix on her iPhone. N- nobody watches it on TV. We've talked well, about this I before. Do. You and I do because we're old. But I will say to these kids, I will come up there and they're watching it on their Seriously. Mac. And they have or a 60-inch their... TV in, in, in their bedroom. There's 10 of them. Yeah. We have TVs everywhere. They have like, I'm like, there's a little like movie area you can go up to. They're like, no. I like watching it on the small screen. Yeah, like what? You watch, do you watch on your iPhone? Netflix? No, no. Can we disclose your age, PT, just so sure. people have a reference if you don't mind? 27. Okay. Good Lord, Wait. he's young. 28. I forgot. It's 27 or 28. We'll go with 27. Okay, that is young. All right, so when your teenagers have money to spend and they want to spend it online, their favorite e-com site is Amazon. I don't think that's shocking there. 52%. Sheen. Sheen, which we talked about. It's like little teeny tiny clothes. Is number two. Like I took something well, what do you out mean of the, by little teeny well, tiny clothes. I mean, though? you've seen some of these things. Like, like uh, I, I've I taken you're a, like the little people or something. I, well, yeah, I think they are, and they're just wearing them because I took a shirt out of like the dryer the other day, and I said to Charlotte, "I go, I think Dad shrunk the shirt up." She goes, "No, he didn't." I'm like, "Okay, well, then it's too short because I mean, it's like a halter top." Yeah. I actually think Amazon is lower than I expected. I kind of would have put it at like 85 percent, something like that. I would think for an older crowd, just on all shopping, Amazon makes up a huge share. 91% of teens in the U.S. Uh, went back to school this fall in person. 5% in a hybrid format. 4% remain virtual. Our senior, uh, Olivia, is in a, a hybrid format, so she's part of that 5%. Charlotte went back full-time, and hell, I don't think they ever shut down the doors a day where she goes. No. 75% of teens or their households have been vaccinated, 75%. We're going to put a link to, we just scratched the surface there, uh, to to all of the information that came back in the Take Stock in Teens fall survey in the letter this Saturday. All right, so check that out. Very interesting. Jennifer Brennan is a pot peep for this episode of My Second Act. Uh, she sent me a message on the Cadillac Jack podcast Facebook page. Love dinner affair. Purchase dinners for our beach vacation and am hooked. Each meal was so easy and no leftovers because it was that good. The desserts are in a class of their own. Listen, if you had leftovers and you've been a client of uh, or a customer of, of dinner fair for you know longer than, say, the past two months, you maybe had some leftovers. But because they have streamlined the process and made it a whole lot easier uh, and made your dinner time even easier, uh, what you do now is you pick two, three, or four adults, depending on the amount of mouths that are at your dinner table, and that, you know, kind of, Decides the package that you choose. 15 new dinners are posted every month at dinneraffair.com. Yeah, I actually heard from a pod peep too. It's also a friend of mine. Um, her name is Marianne and she has three kids. And she had told me, listen, I have listened to you guys talk about Dinner Affair forever. I've seen you post about it. And she said, I just, I, she said, I kind of had held off doing it because I've just never done one of those dinner prep services. And she said, I don't like to cook. And I thought it was just going to be 
a bunch of bags that I was going to have to like put together and still cook. And she said, I could not believe it. She said, I, I think you guys need to say it also differently. It is not like a prep service. It is, it's a meal service and the meals come together. And she said, you know, at the, all of the dinners that I picked, she said three of them were just the heat up ones where you literally just turn your oven on 400 and hit the road. The chicken pot pie. But she just, you know, she said, if anybody's listening and they're afraid to order these dinners because they think it's just going to be someone trying to kind of teach them how to cook, that is not dinner affair at all. And actually that, that would not be, this would not be the service for you. This is to make your life easier, to make dinner time much less painful. And she said, I, you know, we will continue to use the service forever. She said, because it is just so easy. She said, I feel bad that I've never done this before. She took advantage of your $30 off. She said, I could not believe how inexpensive it was. And she was also impressed with the quality of the food. Oh, the proteins are great. You know, they're, she said high quality. She proteins. was saying she had done a one dinner service before and that the food just wasn't that great. And and I think it, these are not frozen dinners. You know, let's be clear here. These are not like heat up pouches where you're kind of like, eh, it just doesn't taste great. I mean, they're incredibly seasoned. The sauces are amazing. And so I, I just I urge you, if you haven't tried it before, like really give it a try because she was someone who's like, I've heard you guys talk about this forever. And she said, I kind of feel crazy now for not have doing this, you know, to not have done this sooner. So I want to do the math on six chef created dinners serves uh you know four hundred ninety nine dollars is the price eight twenty nine per serving eight twenty nine for a healthy delicious dinner fair dinner plus add in uh, or subtract out rather your candy discount so one ninety nine minus thirty is something and that's uh what you would pay with your first order caddy twenty twenty one what's the math there one ninety nine minus thirty that'd be one sixty nine Mm-hmm. Caddy, I can okay, do this. That. I mean, I can do that. Donna, you're the woman that wondered if there were two effort. spaces. So. It's a team effort. That's different. That's science. Okay, go ahead. Caddy 2021 is the promo code. Caddy C A D D Y 2021 free delivery, no contract. They ship nationwide and a money back guarantee. Dinneraffair.com. Dinner A F A R E.com. A small ask of you three things will wait while you follow this podcast so you don't miss anything coming up. Invite and encourage three people in your circle of friends or in your book club or you go to church with or your coworkers. Your parents. Have you told your mom and dad? Like, Whoever. You know, come on. Seriously, listen. Uh, oh, complete strangers. Ridiculous. Also, just approach them and say, hey, have you checked out Cadillac Jack, my second act of the podcast? She's very funny. He's an ass, but it works. Uh, listen to the end of each episode for outtakes and notes from uh, PT, Preston Thompson, Carl Appen. Show our sponsors some love. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Dinner Affair. Dr. Fahrenheit. Heating and Air. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Join the Folgers Waking Up Club. Receive emails filled to the brim. Get it? With Folgers news, recipes, and other exclusive content, visit FolgersCoffee.com. It's the time in the episode, Donna, where we add songs to the Spotify Hype Song Playlist. And okay. ladies first. All right. So I am adding the new Adele, which I can't officially add because it's not out until, what is today? The 14th is when it's coming out. Well, it's supposed to be out the 15th, which is, if you're listening on upload day, today is Thursday, October 14th. New music comes out on Fridays, but I don't think she's going to wait. I think it'll drop today. I think, yeah, to I think it's going to drop today on upload day too. So here's the thing. So the song is called, um, just so you know, it's called, this is her new album. The song is called Easy On Me. Um, and um, it is from her new album. And I can't wait to hear this music because it is going, it's going to be great. You know, so the deal with this album was, you know, Adele got married. She got divorced since the release of her last album, 25. And 
she has said, she's just been saying some really interesting things. And I think, I just can't wait to hear it. She said, you know, I was certainly nowhere near where I'd hoped I'd be when I first started it three years ago. Quite the opposite, actually. Um, I've learned a lot of blistering truths about myself along the way. I've shed many layers, but also wrapped myself in new ones. I finally found my feelings again. I'd go as far as to say that I've never felt more peaceful in my life. Um, she, this, she said she has painfully, painstakingly rebuilt my house and my heart since then. And this album narrates it. Um, and she wrote this really cool thing on Instagram um, for her kids. And um, she said, um, I just felt like I wanted to, this is to her son, because they have a son together, her and Simon, they got divorced. She said, I just felt like I wanted to explain to him, her eight-year-old son, through this record, when he's in his 20s or 30s, who I am and why I voluntarily chose to dismantle his entire life in the pursuit of my own happiness. It made him really unhappy sometimes. And that's a real wound for me that I don't know if I'll ever be able to heal. I thought that was so interesting. You know, it's like sometimes in order to get to people's truth, you have to blow up your house. And um, it just really stuck with me. So I can't wait to hear this um, new project. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be painful. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be, be Adele. It's going to be everything. Yeah, it's going to be Adele. All right. How about you? Well, hang on. She um, did an Instagram live this week. Uh, up until earlier this week, no one had heard the vocals of, of this song. Easy on me. Uh, in, in the original trailer, it was the instrumental, some keys, some piano keys. It's a, it's a ballad. Reminded me of, um, what was her biggies? Um, when we oh were younger. Yes, that one, which is my favorite Adele song. Hello, yeah. Someone asked her during this Instagram live uh, event, her body count. Because you can ask anything, right? And, and she pretended like she didn't know what that was. Do you think that she was just playing dumb? I, I don't know what that is. Your body count? Yeah. Do you know what that is, PT? No. Is that like the number? Number of people that you've slept with. I thought it was the number of people you've killed. Me too. No. Okay. We'll move on. How, how do you know that jargon? <laughs> he was the one who asked. Yeah. Like was, what? <laughs> you were the one that asked. On no. The line. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> you. You. No. That's pretty common. Yeah. With okay. with what crew? With what All crowd? Right. I've never heard of All this. Right. Okay. Yeah. I never heard of this. All right, I'm going to introduce you to a new country artist. His name is Connor Smith. And he is taking a lot of the blame for the Alabama Crimson Tide loss to Texas A&M hmm. last Saturday at uh, Kyle Field in College Station, Texas. He's a 20-year-old kid. He was born in Chattanooga, raised in Nashville. His mother is an entertainment reporter for the NBC television affiliate in Nashville. She's a reporter. He signed October of 2019, which I flagged that a little bit because it's been two years since he signed with Scott Borchetta and the Big Machine uh, label group. But he's just now kind of starting to get some traction and it's because of TikTok. Because the song I Hate in Alabama went viral on TikTok. Well, he released it to country radio last Friday, 24 hours before Alabama played Texas A&M. There were the second largest crowd in the history of that stadium in, in College Station. And it's like one of the biggest college football stadiums in, in, in America. 106,000 people were there. So he's being fingered for jinxing Alabama because up until last Saturday, they had been 680 days in a row without a loss. They were the defending or are the defending national champions. They were ranked number one going into the game. Texas A&M was unranked. 38-41 the final. 
100 straight wins against uh, unranked opponents, and Saban had never lost to a former assistant. And Jimbo Fisher, right? Mm-hmm. I bet, he, I bet he screamed at them on the bus going back. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They, they deserved it. I mean, to get beat by one of his assistants, like, mm-hmm. that's what really hurt. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, mm. Well, he's a good-looking boy. The song has nothing to do with— Not not Saban. I mean, Saban, but uh, Connor Smith. Yeah. The song has nothing to do with football in Tuscaloosa. It's about a, a lost love, and, and it's. It, I'm going to play a clip here. Um, but the some of the Roll Tide fans are, are saying, listen, you jinxed us. Part of the chorus from the song. Can he make one up for Kentucky? Like he should just make one every week, you know? Because they're in Athens Saturday. Yeah, and he could be like, I hate Kentucky because you broke up with me at Stucky's. Like I've got, I can help him. In the chorus, he also, um, I don't think I had it in the clip there, but uh, I hate how they yell roll tide when I got a Braves hat on my head. So I want to hit pause here and congratulate the Atlanta Braves. Yes. Clinched Tuesday here in Atlanta, headed to the NLCS against either the, I really have to wear my sports hat in this episode. Seriously. That's tough for me. Uh, the Dodgers or the Giants, I believe. Yes, that's right. Back to Connor. On TikTok, he apologized. Bama fans, I apologize. Uh, he's got 100,000 followers. Uh, verified account at Connor Smith, C-O-N-N-E-R. Thomas Rhett has been a big early supporter, and he's on tour with Thomas. His Centerpoint Road Tour, I think, is mm-hmm. is out right now. And some upcoming dates and markets uh, where we have a lot of penetration with the My Second Act podcast. You can check out Connor Smith, Saturday, November 6th, Uptown Barn Grill, Knoxville. Sunday, November 7th, Hop Springs, Murfreesboro, right outside of Nashville. Uh, coming to Statesboro, Georgia, Saturday, November 13th, and uh, the warehouse in Athens, Friday, November the 19th. I hate Alabama. Subscribe to the letter this Saturday. Uh, my caddy open is all about Connor and uh, some things that he has said about the song and, and about the meathead Roll Tide fans who think that it's a anti-Alabama song, which it's not. Well, these bars are kind of cool because these are all like college bars, like Uptown Bar and Grill in Knoxville, Hop Springs in Murfreesboro, the dang Blue Room in Statesboro. You know some stuff goes down there. I bet so. The Warehouse, definitely in Athens, and the Zydeco in Birmingham. So those are good times. Speaking of bars, I want to jump around real quick. Uh, if you're listening on Upload Day, Thursday, October 14th, you can see Jamison Rogers at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City tonight. We actually have a, a very large listening base in the Big Apple. Um, talking about clubs that hold like cult status, that that is one. Uh, and we were there for Keith Urban, right? Yes. Long time ago? Yep. Uh, he, Jameson, just scored his second consecutive number one hit with uh, Luke Combs this week. Love it. With uh, Got a Cold Beer Calling My Name. And then his debut single, uh, single was uh, Some Girls. Went number one last year. So go ahead and mark that off there. Tim McGraw is 54. Should he be fighting? During, I, mean, I kind of like it. During his own concerts. Last Saturday night, October the 9th, in Reno, Nevada. Tim, got the clip here for you, forgets the lyrics to Just to See You Smile, a song released back in 1997. And by my math, the song that he has performed 4,320 times. Here is uh, the moment in concert in Reno, Tim McGraw. I 
sounds off to me a little bit as well you just can't come at my tim mcgraw you just can't pt knew the lyrics to just to see a smile <laughs> for god's sake yeah i was singing along tim mcgraw's performed it over four thousand times but he explained he went on to explain that he has been filming he's been up for 48 hours i'm not going through oh. a midlife crisis <laughs> i don't know how many of y'all know this but we're shooting a film called 1883 And so I have to dye my beard for this film. So it's 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 not a midlife. The jeans might be a midlife crisis. See, self-deprecating humor wins every time. With uh, Tim McGraw, he went after the song. There was a hecklers in the in the audience, like on the first three rows, that were going at Tim for not knowing the lyrics to his own song, and he bows up. And, and stands up and then like the band, how uncomfortable for the dance hall doctors, his band. Because, oh, I think like, they've probably seen it a couple times. Well, I know, but but they're, they're, what's Tim doing? You know, like here's what happens on stage. Everybody in the band can talk to one another through ear monitors. And so they, they probably just keep playing. What's Tim doing? Why, why is he, why is he all bowed up? You know, and, and so he goes into the crowd and, and confronts, ver- verbally confronts and, and I would say attacks these Well, he didn't holders. physically attack No, them. I said verbally. Yes. Okay. But you're 54 years old, Tim. Well, he just said, listen, you, you're welcome to leave, you know. I just, like, I forget lyrics all the time. And I love lyrics. I'm a lyric person. But, I mean, like, when you get old, you got a lot on your mind. I mean, he's filming. Imagine, because the, the movie that him and Faith are filming together, which he also, the clip goes on to say, listen, I'm working with my wife. You guys understand how that goes. So, it's a prequel. Yes. Yes, it's a prequel to Yellowstone, 1883. Imagine just the amount of like the scripts and everything he's having to do. I'm sure he was tired. I'm not giving him a, I mean, listen, I'm going to give him a pass. And I think that he had to say kind of like Alan Jackson, because the way the world is now, and he knew the damn clip was going to end up on TMZ. He has to say, I'm not having a midlife crisis. This is what's going on. I'm not drunk. I, I, I'm old. I forget the words. I'm tired, you know? And so it happens. It happens. 1883 is Tim and in faith alongside Billy Bob Thornton, Sam Elliott, uh, the Dutton family is who they are, Tim and Faith. And they embark on a journey west through the Great Plains to start a life on unsettled American land. It's the prequel to Yellowstone, which we've not watched. That I was just getting ready to say. I mean, I've got to watch this. Everybody talks about it. Betsy Richards is the biggest Yellowstone fan. And she's telling me all the time, like, she's one of our pod peeps, one of our dear friends. She's like, why have you not watched this? I've got to watch it. But I just, I'm not a big Western fan. I've got to be honest with you. I think the women watch it for the men, though, because they're so good looking. Well, Sam Elliott was in The yes, Ranch with yes, Ashton yes, yes. Love him. Netflix. Love which, him. Yeah. And, and Western, great Western movies. He's like the godfather hottie of old Western men. Sam Elliott? Yeah, he's sort of like the head of that group. Like, he's old, but he's still, like, really hot. You know? Paul McCartney has slammed the Rolling Stones, calling them a blues cover band. Okay, this is this. I question this more than Tim McGraw. He's 79. Does he need to be picking a fight over the Beatles? Like, seriously? A blues cover band. What is your deal? I think our net, our being the, the Beatles, I think our net was cast a bit wider than theirs. 
Uh, this is not the first time that Paul has come at the Rolling Stones. He, he, there was a Stern interview that he did, I think maybe in the past two years. Um, and he said that he thought the Beatles were better than the Stones. I've never heard a Beatles record before in my life. Okay. I'm not a fan Again, of the Beatles. Again, how, Preston, how is this possible? How is this possible? I listened. This is going to tell you how old I am. I was obsessed with Sgt. Pepper's. Obsessed. Who's that? Who are they? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, it was a Beatles record. And yeah, okay. never mind. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. You don't remember that? I don't know. I've, I've never heard of Beatles. Sgt. Pepper's what, what, Lonely what are some of their Hearts hits? Club. Like, uh, the Beatles? Yes. Oh, my God. Imagine in that one of them. That's John you. Lennon. Okay. All right. Okay. Who was in the Beatles? All right. You're being serious. That's what's so no, scary. No, I'm being very serious. Yeah, it's very, very scary. Serious. You don't. You've also gone on record to say that you're not an Elvis fan. I'm not an Elvis fan. Oh my! Never God. listened to an Elvis record. Okay. Rolling Stones are a blues cover band, says Paul McCartney. This senior moment fed to you by the Denny's 55 plus menu, including tilapia ranchero for 8.99. Gum your way down to Denny's. All right. We have to work that in when there's a senior story, and that was because Paul McCartney is old and and that's our tagline: "Gum your way down to Denny's." I think you've taken liberty with that. Rolling Stones. November 11th, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, with Zach Brown opening. I've been saying Bobby Dodd Stadium, I think, in, since... We've talked about this weird. Why, why did I think Bobby well, Dodd Stadium? because in the past, that's where I saw them. They've always played at um, Tech, but I think they've moved on down the road. For Pop Peeps on the West Coast, if you're listening on Upload Day, Thursday, October 14th, they are in L.A. today and also Sunday. They have to have Fridays, they have to have three days rest in between their shows. Th the that's like Stones. official? Yeah, well, That's, I mean, they're in L.A. Writer. today and then Sunday. But I get that. I mean, like, listen, I mean, I, they probably have to, like, grease up their hips and do all this stuff. Who plays drums now? Like, who who's the drummer? I don't know. Since Charlie passed. Since Charlie passed. Yeah. I know. Uh, CMA Awards. Some news about the award show, which is coming up in November. They are going to have uh, some audience, unlike last year when they moved down to, the like, the, the convention center rather than Bridgestone Arena. They're going back to Nashville's Bridgestone Arena. November 10th is the date. Few tickets are available. You're going to have to do all the things, jump through all the hoops that you have to jump through during a pandemic, like show your vaccination card or a negative test or uh, something. And you must wear masks unless actively eating or drinking during the show, mm. which shouldn't mm. be a problem mm. for a lot of the artists and, and fans, for that matter, as well. Yeah. Um, Eric Church and Chris Stapleton are tied for the most nominations for the 55th annual CMA Awards. Both are nominated in the same five categories. I think that's fascinating. Eric and, and Chris. Are. Yes, yeah. including Entertainer of the Year, the big prize, alongside Luke Combs, Miranda Lambert, and Carrie Underwood. Who do you think will win? Entertainer of the Year. Entertainer of the Year. I'm going for Luke. I'm sorry, no, I'm going for Eric. Hello, Eric Church. I'm going to say Luke because of the um, documentary and everything that's happened. Luke Bryan or Luke Combs? Luke Bryan. Maybe Luke Combs. I don't Luke, know. Luke Bryan's not in the category. Oh, sweetie. Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Okay. That's who I'm going with. PT, Entertainer of the Year. CMA Awards. I'm so lost on this. Eric yeah. Church. That's why I threw it out there, too. Seems right. Seems like the safe okay. bet. It's rocking season. Have you been outside, like, after the sun goes down? So and nice. It's, it's wonderful right now. And, and at Gallery Furniture, they have porch rockers from Hinkle, in Tennessee, these are not imports. These are USA, hmm, American-made. You don't assemble them yourself like you would, at, at, you know, if you go to like one of the the stores on the corner. And this that's my kind of rocker. That you, anything is my kind of anything when you don't have to assemble it. Right. Um, paint's not going to be chipped by into fall around the holidays because these are high quality 
rockers from Hinkle. They start at 159 this weekend at Gallery Furniture. And if you notice in the run of show, everyone, I posted a photo. I was up there a couple of weeks ago watching uh, Ask for Donna Tap Dance and, and Clock and getting her measurements for her, her, her uh, costume for the Sassy Stompers. And they have Georgia Bulldog Hinkle rockers in, in red with a little Georgia logo. I love it. I mean, it is definitely port season. And here's the thing. There is nothing worse. Like your rocker is going to take like, it's going to take some abuse being outside on your porch. So you got to have one. You don't want to go over and be like, dang, I paid all this money for this thing. And like the paint's already chipping. I have a Hinkle story. Now I had, I had two black Hinkle rockers, which I think I, we still have on our front porch. And Olivia, when she was in seventh grade, was in the Rockathon. Do y'all remember Rockathons I that do, used yeah. to do for the band where you'd rock in your rocking chair and you'd get, yes. Oh my God, Preston's looking like we're crazy. Well, so they brought it back, like for our age kids. And so you would get like, um, it was kind of like a walkathon, a like when we were growing yeah. up. Yeah, like you get a pledge. Crop, crop walk. Yeah. Did you do the crop walk? Yeah, oh, yeah. So that's that's for another pod. That's interesting. Okay, so Flashback. you got like um, pledges for how long you would rock. Rock, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. They had to, we had to bring our rockers in, obviously, because they have to have rockers. And so I had put a pl- piece of like tape on my hinkle and put choked. Because I wanted my hinkle back. And so I brought two in. And I want you to know when Don I got Tom there. Loves a hinkle. When I got there, when the rockathon was over, I saw this man. Take the tape off. Taking my hinkles and putting them in his truck. And I'm not even kidding you. And I know who this man is. And I'm not going to call him out because he well, is. Call in, him out. Let's nope, do it. nope, nope, nope. But he played softball with us. And I went up to him and I said, Jeff. Yes. I think you have. <laughs> is it really? I think That's you have. I think you have my hinkles. Mm-hmm. And he played dumb, didn't he? He didn't even know what a hinkle was. Put he him was in like his landscaping truck. He, that's not that, Jeff. He was like your ankles. I said my hinkles, and he goes, "What's a hinkle?" I said the what you're carrying. Yeah, you've sir. got one in your truck and one right there. He's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. My daughter said these were um, ours." I said, "Do you see the tape? This says chote on it." And he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." So he hadn't even removed the tape, the no. name. And so he was like, "Well, where's your car? And I'll help bring them out mm-hmm. to you." I'm like, "Hmm." I don't know if he meant to do it, but I was like, but he, but he also tried to kind of play it off. He's like, because he already had them in his truck. He's like, does it matter? Do you want my rockers? I go, where'd you get your rockers? And he's like, well, I don't know. I go, are they Hinkles? He's no, like, they're, they're imported from China. Yeah. They're Hinkles. The they're like Kunkles or something. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. So the point of this story, I don't even know is that. Protect your Hinkle. Protect your hinkle, but also it's worth it to spend the extra money to get a great rocker because it's not something you want to replace every year. They start at 159 this weekend. They have them lined up in, in, in Georgia Bulldog, red, black, and white in front of gallery furniture, in front of the store, 16,000 square foot showroom, 1600 Browns Bridge Road. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville. This month, we are partnering with Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so throughout the month, we're going to feature special content in episodes of my second night podcast, including today. Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation was created to meet the needs and improve the quality of life for patients with breast cancer through uh, specialized rehabilitation and tailored education and fitness classes. And they're based right here in Atlanta and uh, served thousands of men and women since opening the clinic doors in 2003. And today, Donna, we say hello to one of the physical therapists at Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation, and it's Carrie Cazell. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So, Carrie, you are a physical therapist at Turning Point, and I know that physical therapy is a huge component 
of um, breast cancer, helping people with the, that are suff- you know suffering with breast cancer. So tell us what um, what your relationship is with the patients and and what you do. Um, sure. So we have um, sort of a unique opportunity as physical therapists to really get to know our patients. Um, we often see them weekly um, for a fairly long um, amount of time, a couple of months typically. And it just allows us to get to them, to know them as people and know the things that are important to them and what they really want to be able to get back to. And so really what we focus on is getting them back to the things that they love and are important to them. So we hear things like, I want to get back to tennis or, um, you know, I can't meet these demands of my job every day and I need to get back to that. Um, And so those are just sort of some of the things that we hear every day. And then, then we work with those patients to improve their strength, their flexibility, and, and really get them back to, to thriving. I would imagine that one of the things that you hear a lot is, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to get back to my quote unquote normal life. But I think probably what you guys have to do is kind of chunk that down. And like you said, if someone's goal is just to get back on the tennis court, then that's the first goal you kind of work toward. Instead of looking at this huge, big picture, it's like, what, what would give you some happiness, maybe a small thing that, you know, you and physical therapy could help them work toward? Right. So our ultimate goal is to get them back to whatever it is that they want to do. But you're right. We definitely have to piece that up so that we can safely get them back to those things. And um, one of the things that I joke all the time with my patients is um, I say, you know, could I compete in a triathlon? Absolutely. I can swim. I can bike. I can run. But could I do that tomorrow? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I would fall over dead. So you really have to train to be able to do that. And the same is true for the goals that our patients have. You know, I want to get back to playing competitive tennis for example. So the first thing is we just need to hit some balls. We need to get you stronger, get that mobility back and strengthen you. Um, And so we do, we have to kind of break it up. But but I think as you're able to have people get those little bit of success underneath their belt, they can really see um, returning to whatever it is that their their primary goal is. So it's nice to to be able to do that with people. Carrie, early on during COVID-19, um, you guys implemented a tele-rehabilitation program. Now, we've been 18, 19 months now. How, how has that worked for you guys, and how has it worked for the patients? So it's funny. Um, if you had asked me this at the start of COVID, I would have said, wow, we're going to do what we have to do because our patients need to be seen, and we're in the middle of this pandemic. But I wasn't really sure how it was going to work. And what we've seen is um, we've actually done the the research at this point and we've presented actually um, our findings on it as well. But what we found is patients are doing really, really well. Um, So it takes a little bit of creativity to teach people. Um, You know, I'm constantly taking my computer and sitting on the floor and I'm lying down on the ground. And so it gets um, sometimes a little crazy, but we are able to teach our patients um, most everything that that we need for them to be able to do. Um, And we've worked with some researchers in Canada to even be able to measure um, arm volume so we can watch to make sure swelling isn't happening. Um, and so we have seen tremendous outcomes um, from our patients. And really what it's enabled us to do is overcome um, geographic barriers that a lot of our patients have had previously. You know, we're based in Sandy Springs. Um, and so for our more rural communities, that's pretty far away. And so what it's allowed us to do is access those patients wherever they are all across Georgia um, and provide them that same specialized care um, regardless of their location. So it's, it, we stumbled into it because of COVID. Um, and we have found that it's really an, an amazing opportunity that we're going to continue to offer. And you know what, as, as moms and dads, we can, can relate to the whole tele thing because we have two daughters that live with us, uh, a son that doesn't anymore. 
Uh, he lives in Knoxville. But Donna, as a mom, tele telemedicine during the pandemic and during COVID nineteen, it's it's had it's it's good points. I think so, and I think I think also in this situation. I don't know personally, um, thank goodness, but I would think, you know, getting a diagnosis of breast cancer is incredibly overwhelming, getting any kind of diagnosis. But I think that this is probably also a way for patients to do things from the comfort of their own home, but to still be able to do, you know, the um, physical therapy, because I'm sure they have so much going on that at times it may even seem overwhelming to get in the car and just come over to physical therapy. So hopefully it allows more people to have access to that you know, without having to get in their car, maybe they're not having the best day and get over to you. Absolutely. And, and we can provide our counseling services, um, our nutrition services, our education events now are all virtual options as well. And so it's really allowed us to access people just like you said, who, you know, getting in the car, driving the 45 minutes, maybe to Sandy Springs when you have young children or the timing doesn't work out, so your kids are getting off the bus and all of those just sort of everyday logistics. Um, separate of the pandemic, we have found that it's just a really valuable option. That's great. So how do most, um, most people find out about Turning Point? Um, what if you if you are someone who knows someone who's just um, received a diagnosis or is going through this maybe and has not had a lot of resources to help them? Um, what can you tell us a little bit about just Turning Point as a total organization and how they can get involved with that? Sure. So um, Turning Point is um, a 501c3. Um, so we are a nonprofit organization. And what that allows us to do is we don't turn away a patient for any reason, um, even an inability to pay. And so we provide physical therapy, we provide massage therapy, nutrition services and counseling, um, both individual and support groups. And so we provide that to patients. Um, and like I said, both in-person and virtual options. So kind of regardless of where people live across Georgia, they can access our services. Um, and so we really work um, in addition to providing services to get patients back to doing all of those things that they love. We also work really hard to educate other providers um, as well about the services. So we do know from the research that about 90% of men and women who have gone through breast cancer um, do have side effects that are amenable to rehab. So um, limitations and, and restrictions that, that we could help um, and even resolve completely. But we also know that only 20% of those patients ultimately get referred to rehab. So we spend a lot of our time as an organization educating um, and advocating for the specialized care. Um, and so one of the biggest compliments, I think, is a lot of our patients come to us through word of mouth from other friends. I think oftentimes when you get um, a diagnosis of breast cancer, it is very devastating and you reach out to other men and women that you might know. So one in eight women and about one in 830 men. Um, and so you reach out to people that you do know and you say, what do I do? What do I do? And so it's such a compliment for us to hear that um, past patients refer new incoming patients. Um, but we do also get referrals from breast surgeons, plastic surgeons who do the reconstruction, from radiation oncologists, as well as medical oncologists. So from the medical care team, we get referrals as well. Um, but, uh, but like I said, I think um, I'm always really flattered to hear um, that that patient referral um, and that our past patients are really advocating for other patients to receive the care as well. And while October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we, we need to all remember that there are 11 other months during the year and, and for education and for, um, you know, people to, uh, to, 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 to live a better life with, with the help that you guys provide. Uh, no one has ever turned away. And I think that that's so important that we 
uh, hit that just one more time, that uh, regardless of your insurance, um, thousands and thousands of, of patients and caregivers and healthcare providers uh, through national and global outreach, uh, that's how Turning Point serves thousands of men and women. And financial assistance is provided. No patient ever turned away. And as you heard Carrie say, Turning Point is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. So um, month of October, a lot going on, in, including a huge golf tournament. Uh, it's going to be Saturday. Actually, I'm sorry, Sunday. Going to be Sunday, October 24th at Crooked Creek, which Don is just right up highway yeah. for us. Um, and and it, it, maybe you don't play golf. Maybe you can't make it to the actual tournament. You can become a sponsor. You can um, you know, help find uh, silent auction items and, and, and donate prize donations and things like that. So um, you can find Turning Point on social media all over the place. And I will um, connect today as well so that, that people can get involved and, and help you guys out again, not just during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but uh, throughout the entire year. So, Kira, we appreciate you very much joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tell everybody we said hello, okay? I will do that. Right. Thanks, Carrie. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. There you have it. Yeah, and I think if anyone is listening and um, if you need information on Turning Point or if you are a company or um, you have something that would, you know, be great for a donation, um, those those silent auction items are always great. If you're a company and you put something in there, you get a lot of bang for your buck for doing that, just for giving something. You know, if you own a restaurant or anything, they can use anything. So if you are one of those people, reach out to us, reach out to Caddy, and he'll put you in um, contact with Turning Point. Sometimes when you've got a lot going on in your life, certainly if you were to get some kind of diagnosis or you know someone you don't even know where to start just don't worry about it reach out to caddy and he'll put you in in contact and also i'm just sitting here thinking it is time for my mammogram so if you are a female listening um and this is really important if you've put it off take a friend go with a friend um call me i'll go with you i've gone with two of my friends before to get mammograms that had not had it done um, for four or five years and we're just really in a bad headspace worrying about it. So um, this is a place where I am happy to be your phone a friend or I know if you have a friend it sometimes helps to go because it just eases your nerves. But don't put it off. Just because you haven't been doing it, don't keep putting it off. And I know a lot of people, including myself, during the pandemic, you you kind of put some of your health stuff aside and it's time to sort of get back to taking care of yourself. And super important because early detection is so yeah. important. Turning point, breast cancer rehabilitation. Audio for this episode from the Valerie Music Group and Big Machine Label Group, Nashville, and TMZ. Our thanks to executive producer, Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, PT, host of the Georgia Politics Podcast. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. We are proud to be part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.